Good morning. Um, my name's Ella. You're listening to my podcast, and this is the second episode. So last episode was a pilot, uh, me figuring things out. Uh, hopefully this episode will run a little bit smoother, and I just wanted to start with a little bit of an introduction on um, some details about what this podcast is about. So the goal of this podcast isn't to slander any specific person who is associated with this company, nor is it to um, demonize these companies. It's just to look a little bit deeper into what companies like these are promoting, and things like false health health claims have a huge impact, um, especially when these products are as expensive as they're marketed. So the goal of this podcast is to just provide information through these episodes as well as the information on the website that these episodes are released from um, so that people can have the most information when they're thinking about their health, shopping for their health, and talking to other people about their health. So I hope that you enjoy and learn something and I am very excited to share what I've learned with you. So this episode focuses on a particular MLM called Arbonne. Um, They're fairly popular, so if you've heard of them, a lot of people have, and a lot of people have been approached um, by their ambassadors in some way, or maybe have seen their post. This company, like a lot of others, are really prevalent on social media and use social media as their main platform to share information and um, attract customers as well as recruit members for their team. Much like Plexus and a lot of these other companies, their main focus is not necessarily on selling products, but enlisting them under their wing. Um, I wanted to avoid saying the word pyramid because that seemed leading, but if you think about it, the pyramid scheme name structure has a bit of truth to it. Um, When these companies focus more on joining teams and going under someone, you're literally creating a pyramid structure because you also know that the person that you're now under is also under someone else, and it just keeps this cycle going. So back to Arbonne. Um, their goal on their website, when it's just being promoted as a company, is to achieve a holistic lifestyle. So this is done through organic products, through wellness living. Um, Just a quick glance through at their website, you're going to see a lot of these common buzzwords, um, like naturally sourced products, uh, kind of anything that just promotes healthy living. Their website is really clean and very attractive to, you know, using random ingredients that might not be very familiar to people just to kind of generate this sense of rarity, which is what a lot of these companies do to avoid, to avoid the accusation of like why if it's the best like why isn't it sold in stores so making this kind of like a limited edition thing 
actually attracts people. And that's kind of the focus of this episode to talk about doublespeak, um, which is a common tactic that a lot of multi-level marketing companies use. The Merriam-Webster definition is language used to deceive, usually through concealment or misrepresentation of the truth. So this is super common in Arbonne. When you see companies like this that say that their products are, you know, the best and that it's some kind of like exclusive deal that you're getting these wholesale um, rare ingredients that are naturally sourced and can't be found anywhere except for through independent consultants and direct sellers. So that's automatically a red flag right there with this double speak. And to really focus on this company and how we can kind of pick apart the products that they're selling to see if they're worth the price or not. Um, I chose to focus on their 30 days to healthy living. Um, when you look up Arbon on any kind of social media account, um, you'll find that there's trends that happen within the, the tags to follow. So with Plexus, it's this pink drink, it's this, um, you know, slim thing. Um, they promote, they push their ambassadors to promote certain products depending on, you know, what they want to advertise. It's their main form of advertisement. So that's what happened. So in 2021, um, kind of like to kick off the new year and to really capitalize on people's New Year's resolutions, they launched this 30 Days to Healthy Living. So a lot of their ambassadors were posting things like, join me on my 30 Days to Healthy Living, like New Year's resolution. It was promoted as like detox, um, weight loss, and it had this same goal of achieving a holistic lifestyle. So if you look at the website now, it's 30 days and beyond because it's beyond January at the time of recording this episode, um, and most likely by the time you're listening. So this kind of jumpstart to this is... Um, it keeps people within after they achieve this 30 days. So this lifestyle change is the focus right now. So just to break this down real quick, you can follow along on the website. The link is on my website. But it says to avoid, first, artificial sweetener, alcohol, coffee, uh, dairy, wheat, and gluten-containing foods. Um, but I think, like, tempeh is an exception to gluten-containing foods. Um, step two, eat every four hours, and at some point you're going to replace a shake for two meals. Now, part of their 30 Days to Healthy Living pack that you buy into when you um, sign up for this diet, or lifestyle change, I guess if you want to call it, is they provide you with these meal replacement shakes. Uh, the link to those is also on my website if you want to check out the uh, nutritional information that they claim uh, for yourself. I'm more of a visual person, so I don't blame you. And it's supposed to, you're supposed to eat one actual meal a day and replace your shake for two meals. Um, and then it says if you're feeling hungry, grab some healthy snacks, drink some water, add more veggies to your plate. Step three, quote, get moving. Step four, be mindful. That's all it says for those. Step five, get eight hours of sleep a night. 
Step six, track your goals and progress. Doesn't really say what. Um, I think part of part of the the appeal that they push about this 30 days to healthy living that sets it apart from someone else is that the community that you gain when you sign up like under an ambassador, um, like their downline or, you know, family group, if you want to call it, whatever positive or negative connotations comes with that community that you gain um, of support. So when you track your goals and progress, I'm not sure what you're tracking, if it's calorie counting, if it's, you know, like pounds dropping, if it's simply just tracking your mood, I'm not really sure. Um, But there could be different levels of healthiness to whatever track your goals and progress means. If it's 30 days to healthy living, it's one thing. But if it's 30 days to like extreme weight loss, it's kind of another. And it's a little bit it's a little bit misleading and vague on the website, to be quite honest. And then step seven is get ready for beyond 30 days, which I guess is what we're in right now. And from what I found, um, beyond 30 days is kind of just once you reach your weight loss goals, I think you drop the meal replacement shakes from what I've found. But it's it's honestly not clear on the website, which I can't necessarily afford to join um, into a pyramid scheme, even if it's for the sake of my curiosity of what's really going on here, I apologize. But we'll just work on the benefit of what I can find online. And what I can find online is that beyond 30 days is mainly just reaching your weight loss goal and then kind of maintaining the avoid artificial sweetener, alcohol, coffee, etc. You know, eating every four hours and making them like healthy and nutritious meals. Um, You know, keeping active, sleep, mindful, all of those amazing things. And then the thing is, so these 30 days to healthy living, you get a starter pack. Now, I did try and purchase it, but I don't exactly have $450 on me right now to spend on a 30-day diet because A, I don't want to go on a diet, and B, I don't think healthy living should cost upwards of $500. And that's kind of the sweet deal that you get when you sign up through the program. And one important thing to know is that like Plexus and like a lot of other of these companies, none of these products are FDA approved and none of the claims have been evaluated by the FDA. So you really need to do your own research yourself and looking to see if these things are good for you. And the best way to do that, obviously, is to talk to your own physician or nutritionist or dietitian, whatever you have access to get that personalized nutrition to you. Because if there's any kind of, every body is different, obviously, but unknown allergies and, you know, something that might interact incorrectly with medication or certain symptoms that you have could have a real effect if you're buying these products and 30 days to healthy living is not exempt from that. It is upwards of $500 plus shipping and handling, which I wasn't able to get because I had to enter in my credit card information and I was too scared to do that. So we'll say around $400, but I calculated it all as if I were to buy it like through the website and not through like 
the deal that they were offering where I selected the different things and it's only $305. So the extra $100 is for something and it claims in it that you get this guidebook um, that's free, but it seems like it's a $100 guidebook, which is just, it doesn't sit right with me. Okay, so before we dive into the gross science, let's go over like a general kind of overview of the Arborn diet. Um, giving the benefit of the doubt, um, this link is also on my website. I'm looking at Healthline. Um, and if you want, you can link their sources, which are often um, National Institute of Health sources. They have them linked directly in the article. Um, so if you want to look deeper into that, this is kind of a great resource to find resources, if that makes sense, um, that are, you know, linked to the website and not necessarily very accessible through Arbonne's website, if you can find them at all. I wasn't able to find the links on, um, that these papers were referencing. The links, much like Plexus, that I found on Arborn, um, were either not there at all or the specific data that they could be citing was preliminary studies without very conclusive results and they were kind of following the the, the trend is that these are all um, this is all diabetes research it's not necessarily like weight loss research we're looking at this just summarization of a diet it's a pretty a pretty good easy to read um, like well researched kind of overview on this 30 days to healthy living. I think it's a great resource if someone's kind of looking for general information about whether they should commit to this or not. It's, at least to me, kind of a huge financial endeavor, so it would be definitely something I would want to look into. Um, and something we'll talk about later as a problem with these MLMs is that they, they're, all their employees are these independent consultants who to be quite honest, have no certification in nutrition or, or, or it's not that they don't, they could, but they're not required to have any kind of certification beyond being 18 years old and, you know, paying the entrance fee. So when you're consulting or when you, your consultant for your diet and or nutrition or lifestyle plan is someone whose qualifications are based on age and joining the company, I, I don't really think that it's, um, I think it's something that you would need to do a little bit more research in before paying $500 for it. Um, it's not that the ambassadors are untrustworthy or intentionally being deceitful, but it's the same double speak thing. Like this company is promoting that their ambassadors are qualified when the company themselves is not providing adequate uh, adequate employee training resources like to make sure that their employees are qualified um, to be sharing this information. So let's get back to the 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 pros and cons. Um, so part of the benefit you work with a consultant. The problem is there's no evidence that their supplements cause weight loss. Um, if you're doing this for a weight loss diet, which this is kind of pushed as, um, you 
are getting your weight loss from the calorie deficit that the protein shakes offer. You can look at the um, you can look at the link on my website, but the protein shakes are around 300 calories, and if you're replacing two meals a day with them and then eating uh, just kind of like a healthy, well-balanced meal, I'm not really sure what they're specifically promoting because I am not part of the circle, but um, you're probably in a calorie deficit, especially if you're staying active, and that's going to lead to weight loss. However, when you get out of that calorie deficit, it's probably going to gain back at some point. So it's not really sustainable, which ugh, I'm focusing on the cons first. My bad. Let's go with the benefits as provided by Healthline. So you focus on lifestyle changes. Now, these general kind of like, you know, like eat healthy and every four hours, get moving, be mindful, you know, it's not bad advice. It's general good nutrition advice. And I actually spoke to a nutritionist um, with the goal of providing like general nutrition advice from a certified professional. So it doesn't, and it's not meant to be a specific recommendation. It's not meant to be a a replacement. It's meant to be like a stepping stool and information, um, you know, general things to try out. But it's emphasized that everybody is different and what works for some people might not work for others. And so to really know like what's good for you, it takes trial and error with your own body and kind of listening to yourself and, you know, the physicians that you trust. So that being said, Focusing on lifestyle changes can be helpful. Um, there are general agreed upon lifestyle changes that really promote like this healthy living lifestyle. Um, and that that's not a bad thing. Um, there are links that they provide that say that incorporating these lifestyle practices are linked to better health and weight management. It's not necessarily weight loss, it's weight management, which I think is important. Um, weight loss, I don't think is necessarily a good thing for a variety of reasons, but you know, I, I think these lifestyle changes to achieve better health is, is the focus. Um, and when it's promoted as lifestyle changes for weight loss, it's a, it's a little bit misleading to the customer. Back to that double speak of deceit. Mindful eating is also a pro of this diet. Um, I want to be clear that mindful eating is more about focusing on like the quality of the food that you can. And, you know, that kind of goes with the other con, like, focusing, I mean, pro, focusing on these, this whole, like, unprocessed food, um, everyone's different, what works for some doesn't work for other, but, like, in general, it's good to eat fresh foods that are locally sourced, um, farmer's markets, if you can, um, are usually a relatively accessible way to get really good quality food, and focusing on that is, in general, like, a good thing, so promoting that honestly, no problems. So the downsides are these unnecessary restrictions, um, like dairy, wheat, gluten, soy are not bad things and not necessarily good things to like promote as like unhealthy living. Um, 
things like alcohol and coffee, they're a little bit more controversial, but in excess, these things are harmful. And, you know, people have individual individual needs that may, you know, conflict with alcohol and coffee. But in general, drinking coffee is not going to, you know, prevent you from living a healthy lifestyle. I might just be saying that because I am finishing up my cup of coffee right now, but I think that it's important to know that dieting and food elimination is, in my personal opinion, just not necessarily a good thing to promote. Um, I think that if you're cutting things out of your diet and limiting, it really needs to be a conversation with you and your physician. Um, because it's just, it's such a, it's such a individualized case. Um, just adopting like eating patterns that are in general healthy and in general work for you and are not in excess or in minimal is the rule to live by. And I think that can include like coffee and tea and dairy and wheat and gluten. Yeah. Uh, Healthline itself says that when you have an elimination diet, you don't need to be doing it without the consult consultation um, of some kind of medical uh, guide. So another con of this uh, this 30 days to healthy living is that it is expensive and pretty inaccessible. So um, I'm reading from them a package deal that includes nine of the 13 recommended products costs $435 or $544 without the discounts. That's a huge amount for a monthly payment to 30 days. And the implication is that you're going to maintain this lifestyle with your supplements or your meal replacement shakes. And that's $500 or, you know, a little more or less per month. Um, I don't know about you, but that's like kind of an entire like rent payment. I, I can't, I'd, I don't know if, if someone tried to market this to me, I don't know how I could possibly say yes. Um, even if it was promoted as a good deal, it's just, it's so expensive. Um, to for just 30 days um i i think that's a huge downside now granted you can buy other products from this company and i know that i'm focusing on this like one dieting thing but the products i mean if you were to try to buy them on their own the the protein shake is oh, i cannot find my notes but the protein shake around 50 to 60 dollars and it's about 30 servings that's that's, at least to me, I mean, that just seems like so much. So, back to this. We have the faulty science claims, another con to this diet. Um, it, yeah, I, the ambassadors are making all these bold claims. If you go to my website under the resources tag, um, at X Arbon, um, has a lot of social media posts. The names are specifically blocked out of the like, people that posted them, which is, I think, important. Um, no need to harass people um, and, you know, put them on blast like that. But it, it posts um, the claims that these people are making. 
um, about their products. Uh, some of them have been archived and deleted, but like when you have this clean tox tea, um, one of the active ingredients is milk thistle. So I did a quick little search into the scientific evidence. Um, it is an antioxidant, but there's inconclusive evidence as to whether it works or not. Um, and the study is only done on diabetic patients, and they're not specifically marketing this 30 days to healthy living as a diabetic-specific diet. I don't think that they can make that claim because none of their products are FDA-regulated. One of their energy sticks has taurine in it. Uh, a quick search into the scientific community shows that there's only been studied at a 6 gram per day dosage in a very uh, preliminary clinical study and on the nutritional facts of the energy sticks it's 50 milligrams per day. Um, I would just talk to your doctor about that before you uh, buy into it. It's really expensive and it would be really unfortunate to have an allergic reaction or to have some kind of negative health effect from a product that has not been well enough studied to make the claims that it does and to be approved by the FDA. So why is this harmful? The Truth and Advertising website is an amazing resource for finding um, all about MLMs. Uh, Truth and Advertising does a lot of work in um, reports on a whole all different companies, not just multi-level marketing schemes, um, but all different companies um, about the DSA, which is the Direct Sellers Association, and the they have a list of all the archived, um, deleted, and remaining up uh, social media posts um, of false claims, and it's just a really interesting website. Um, you can easily find a lot of information about lawsuits and claims and um, yeah so in the false claims database you have that a long list of uh, findings that truth and advertising documented and it's things like arthritis chronic pain diabetes eczema I mean I'm just reading down a list endometriosis fibromyalgia um, psoriasis, sciatica, I mean, the list goes on, and, and I think it gives a lot of false hope, uh, within people that are genuinely looking to fix their health. Um, I think that promoting nutrition like this and, you know, just ill-informed dietary recommendations is, uh, kind of dangerous, and, when you're selling to people who are specifically just kind of, you know, looking for anything to alleviate their symptoms, um, I, I just, I don't think that's right, but that's just me. Um, I really, I don't want to blame ambassadors for promoting things like this. I think it's the fault of the company, and we'll get into that in later episodes, of not regulating the things that they're ambassadors say. So let's get into kind of the harm that companies like this can do. And this is kind of the fun part of the episode where um, 
you kind of get enticed by the the lifestyle that's promoted. Go grow! You guys are gonna do big things. So that clip that just played right there was one of the speakers at the 2019 Arbonne UK conference. Um, one of the appeals are these annual conferences every year. The purpose of these conferences, um, they claim, are to really motivate and invigorate people. So they have a bunch of like quote-unquote motivational speakers about building your business. Um, here's what one attendee had to say about it speakers we've ever had, best messaging, best content, energy, enthusiasm. They're so motivated, that crowd. AAC absolutely changes your business because you get to see firsthand the proof and the evidence and the belief from those who have walked before you. If you want to have a bigger vision, if you want to understand really truly what it takes to build a successful business with Arbonne, you have to be at this event. Attending AAC for me is something that every consultant has to do. You leave here motivated to go and build a bigger business. Um, this convention, I, I don't know, <laughs> for non-convention goers, I know that I went to like a key club invention in high school and this is like a amped up version of that, but it's just meant to be um, kind of like a weekend getaway at a specific location, usually a hotel or something, um, that provides people within a certain community that uh, to gather and, you know, like do things in person. Um, yeah, so since this is a company that mainly relies on a social media network, they have these huge conferences where people can gather and in theory, you know, you get to meet all of your online friends. And I think also notably, uh, there's plenty of photo op opportunities for people to share to their network and downline. The video is linked on my website, but these videos are super flashy and like really, you know, it like looks like a, it looks like a concert. It looks like a fun event to go to. And I'm sure a lot of people see these and think that they can like reach this level and like join this company, but it's just confusing to me, double speak alert, that you have this company that's promoting that you know, you own your own company, and but, like, you're also in this convention where, like, I don't know, like, how are you your own boss when the person sitting next to you could be, like, upline or downline of you, and the people running the convention are the people that own the company that you sell from? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see, like, Target going to, like, a party at the, like, grocery store convention for grocery store sellers and they're all like being like target you can be your own boss I don't know that might be an exaggeration but that's just kind of how I imagine these things like they're promoting all of these like self-made like business tips and you know be your own boss and it's just a little bit deceptive I think um other companies we'll get into that um in later episodes as well have blog posts about, you know, the entrepreneurship opportunities of your business. And these direct selling marketing schemes have real consequences when they are using these, you know, deceptive 
tactics and words to um, get people in. So, like I said last episode, the biggest red flag with a pyramid scheme is that it's not about how much product you sell, it's more about recruiting people under you. So, if you go to the you can go to my website for this. Um, Truth in Advertising um, again has all of the has a report on the the DSA Direct Sellers Association. Their top seller, by the way, is Arbon. Nice. Uh, it faced a pyramid scheme allegation, and this was a class action lawsuit in California. The Dangle family. Um, sued Arbonne International over it being a pyramid scheme and making false claims um, about the benefits and the gains that you get from joining this company. Um, I read through the entire uh, court document. Um, Like I said, it's on my website. And it's interesting. Um, It says in the introduction, because there's little or no money flowing into the scheme from real operations other than recruitment because payments from recruits are shared disproportionately with the persons closer to the top of the pyramid and because the scheme operator takes a healthy cut for himself the vast majority of recruits are doomed to lose most or all of their investments it's a system that makes it a vital necessity virtual necessity that distributors purchase the products so I think this report is interesting because it really goes into depth um, and highlights the system that Arbonne specifically uses to throw these conventions because the money is coming not from from the product sales. Um, The court case outlines the different prices of what they're making from their product sales versus what they're making from recruitment fees and like ambassador fees. So these huge conventions, they're coming from the people that think that they're coming there for free. It's just a really misleading system as a whole. Whether you're looking to be healthy or whether you're looking to make money, this double speak is, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, these companies are just lying. <laughs> in a lot of ways, uh, about the health claims, about the monetary gains if you join the company, and I think that it's just something to be aware of. Um, The links that I looked at are all on my website for this, Um, you know, science papers, law papers, um, uh, truth and advertising websites, if you want to look into it, but it's not it's not very difficult to see the, to do a quick Google search and kind of like see all of these red flags um, popping up about this company. So if you're browsing around or you have someone reach out to you kind of promising a too good to be true deal about healthy living or um, making money, um, quick Google search. If you find any things like these, um, you know, you can always ask the person, you know, if they know anything about this, or just use your own better judgment. At the end of the day, it's all about uh, empowering your own health and empowering your own uh, monetary choices. Um, So don't let companies like these manipulate you into thinking that living healthy is 
$500 a month or that to own your own company and to be empowered that you need to buy into the system and work under someone. So if you're like me and you're wondering how am I possibly able to get healthy without Arbon, uh, fortunately I have the very basic general nutrition knowledge um, in the form of an interview. I spoke to Danielle Rosner. Um, she is the dietary and nutritionist specialist at the Vassar College Dining Hall. Um, she was wonderful to talk to and gave me a lot of like general advice um, about nutrition and staying healthy, um, but also strongly recommended talking to your doctor for something more personalized. Hope you enjoy our conversation. So since the goal of this project kind of overall is about like communication and science and like informing like the, you know, taking science and digesting it to make it accessible to like people so that, you know, they don't get taken advantage of, you know, by, you know, different companies or, you know, places or people. Marketing. Yeah. What is like the most basic nutritional advice for that you would give like the average person like looking to improve their health? Kind of like pending like you should always ask your doctor, you know, but you know, just kind of like if someone Yeah, well, you said it perfectly. You should always ask uh, somebody an expert in their field. Right. Um, okay. Because it takes, you know, it's it's not just looking at what the current um, what the current media or what the current trends are. What, something I've learned since I became a dietitian is that it's everything's always evolving. There's always research ongoing. Um, and so, you know, the most general information, you know, I've always said every time I do presentations for groups, I'm always like, no, no, the biggest thing is how individualized nutrition actually is. You know, if I stood in front of a group and I said, okay, everybody needs to eat a variety of fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, whole grains, um, uh, lean and plant-based proteins with uh, low-fat dairy um, and healthy fats, if I didn't say that, um, it, you know, there's going to be somebody in the crowd that says, well, I don't have my large intestines, I shouldn't be having this, or I don't have that, you know, like, so when I say that, you know, for the masses, following an overall well-balanced, healthy diet, including with variety, color, Lean, lean and plant-based proteins, whole grains, um, healthy fats, um, low-fat dairy. I mean, it's all part of the equation. Um, physical activity as well is now part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, for the masses, you know, we always say this is part of a well-balanced diet. But I've always say in the back of my head, there's still going to be individualization mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. You know, based off allergies and tolerances or things that certain people can't have because I feel like what we're seeing right now, especially nowadays, it's, it's that, it's that one person speaking out that, Oh, I can't have that. So what about me? Yeah. Right. So when we say it's an overall, you know, flat approach, there's still somebody that's saying, well, no, I can't do that. So, yeah. um, how are you going to accommodate me? Yeah. Right. Um, so that's in a nutshell. Yeah. That's interesting. So would the, Aside from kind of like people having just like more health specific tolerances, um, what do you think about kind of just like the, I, I guess the angle of kind of like, you know, having very simple advice, you know, just general advice, but, you know, lifestyle, how lifestyle choices and just like individual bodies from a dietitian point of view and like recommending this individual nutrition, like, you know, 
I guess I'm asking if you could like shed a little light onto like, I guess the different things besides like, you know, if you're a healthy, you know, you see yourself as like a very healthy, you know, average person and you don't need individualized nutrition, like what could be different, you know, that doesn't, I don't know, I'm trying not to leave the question, but like what makes everybody different if you see yourself as, you know, the average person who might not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I, I totally see what you're saying when we say, you know, we're talking about the masses, talking about, um, and you, you asked a really good, you said something about a simplified, like, how would you simplify it? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Or like most basic um, possible kind of deal. So I want you to look into a Michael Pollan. Okay. Um, and we put this in a lot of our, you know, sales presentations because it really, you know, his theory with regards to food and food rules. Did he write a book? Um, yes. Yeah, I think I read it for a yeah, class. Yeah. Food rules. Um, you know, he puts the whole the whole thing I think you're saying, and I, I kind of agree with it. Um, eat food not too much, mostly plants. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost you know there's mo- there's more you know other mm-hmm. other you know guidelines in there, but when you think about it from the whole, um, our society always focuses on me. Right. When I ask, and I do this usually, if I'm doing like a group presentation, I say, "Somebody's raise their hand and tell me what they had for dinner last night." And I and I ask random people, and they say, "Everybody always starts with the meat, right?" Mm-hmm. What did you? Oh, we had salmon. Oh, what else did you have? Right. Um, the USDA My Plate, which evolved from the Food Guide Pyramid, um, is you know if fifty percent of our plate for the average person should be fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. how come when we say what we're having for dinner we're always planning it around the meat um how come we're not planning it around the vegetables if 50 percent of our plate should be fruits and vegetables why aren't we planning it that way starting with our vegetables finishing it with the meat um and i think it's a great it's it's a culture shock to people to even think about i don't know if you saw in the news at all with the whole epicurious removing um beef recipes or any new beef recipes from their website Mm -hmm. um it's, it, I think it has a lot to do with overall sustainability goals and our nation's commitment um, to sustainability goals. Um, and so I think also with regards to health, I mean, I do webcasts almost every week. The one I just did yesterday was on <clears throat> the gut, gut immune health. Um, and it looks at incorporating variety of fruits and vegetables and all these other good things as well but I think the reality is is that in our society people don't eat enough of them um, I think our diets overall are very heavy on the meats the you know the not so healthy starches mm-hmm. um, the processed foods the processed carbohydrates and they're less dense on the more nutrient dense and nutritious quality improved quality foods um and so I think, you know, when you step back and look at it from a whole, um, I step back and I look at people at the grocery store, what they're purchasing. I look at their cart and I'm like, oh my God. And every single time when somebody says to me, wow, you eat really healthy. I'm thinking I'm eating the basics of, you know, my cart's full of fruits, vegetables, whatever proteins, you know, we have fish, um, and you know, whatever I need, but it's interesting just to see how these people are looking at what people are purchasing at the grocery stores every day. And then they make a comment when I check out and I think, and it happens almost multiple times. So, Mm -hmm. 
it's interesting, you know, I, and I, I, I'm a little censored in a sense because I became a dietitian and I have a different viewpoint because of my education than our society. So to simplify it, <laughs> it's hard for me because there's so much I, you know, I learned over the years and it's still evolving and learning um, that our society that I think should know doesn't. Yeah. So bringing it, circling it back mm-hmm. to what you said to simplify it, I think Michael Pollan said it very simply, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Mm-hmm. Um, just some more common sense rules for eating. I guess this is kind of going back to uh, something you mentioned earlier, but I had a question um, about like if there's any like popular nutrition trends or like fads um you know whether i'm sure you come across them a lot um but that you've seen and i'm wondering if there's some that are like that you've seen that are like oh yeah like that's actually some good advice um like solid you know this is a you know good like thing to get into versus you know ones that you've seen that it's like that doesn't work or if anything it's harmful you know, um, excellent question. There is stuff coming coming through, and I'm not as up to date on everything. And I feel mm-hmm. like we've also been at a standstill with, um, uh, you know, with COVID. But I think well, have your there's friends always like recommended diets anything that were before. What's that? Oh, like just if anything, like if your friends or family have like asked about, like, hey, I saw this. Does it work? You know, even even so, maybe. Well, I'm thinking because okay. I haven't had anything come across recently, but I yeah. but I have to say on that um, webcast I did yesterday, yeah. this actually came up more cool. so people talking about oh zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D um, and immune health and fighting off viruses and, and bacteria and blah 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 and you know and talking about people supplementing them and I you know and I'm always that dietitian that says okay I'm it's food first I you know I keep my nutrients right mm-hmm. um but the reality is is living in New England if you're not drinking you know fortified you know a fortified drink with vitamin d to get your vitamin d we're not absorbing it we're not producing it from the sun because we're we're not in the sun long enough for our livers to produce it so mm-hmm. I think in that regards the most recent one that kind of came across my plate that was reinitiated we rediscussed on that call yesterday was actually how a lot of fat-soluble vitamins and other micronutrients um, do play a critical role um, in immune health, and they have found them to help fight infection. Um, and so I thought that was interesting with regards to what's going on right now with COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been in the media, I think, um, but to read to see the research, you know, presented yesterday about the specific micronutrients um, and their roles in our body just further um, just further clarified the importance of um, variety of fruits and vegetables in the diet. Yeah. Um, and there was, they actually did, presented some research, I think it was from 2017, so it's not brand new but it's still fairly new um and it was talking about elderly patients um and they were looking at markers after vaccination of like think the flu shot maybe and something else um a pneumonia vaccine i think they they were presenting in the in the study and they were saying how they had higher antibody markers um for the elderly that 
they increase their servings of fruits and vegetables from twice a day to like four to six times a day of mm-hmm. servings a day. And the markers were astronomical, apparently, with the results from in, in after, well, I, can't, I don't remember if it was six weeks or six months. I would feel like it would be a few months, but mm-hmm. um, they were talking about how increasing, even in the short term for now, for immune health, even increasing your fruit and vegetable intake now can still pose promising results with regards to warding off uh, um, fighting infection. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Sorry, this really is too much. It's so much to like even like think about. I apologize. Not oh, so no, over. no. I'm a bio girl, so I, I find it really interesting. Uh, I'm soaking it in right now. Yeah, and you, you said supplements. It leads like exactly into my next question. A lot of these uh, companies that I'm looking into, when they're in the nutrition market, they're in the supplement market. Um, these uh-huh. supplements are often like super expensive. Um, and like, you know, you don't see them in the grocery store, but they're kind of, I don't know. So I was just wondering like, if you're, sh- if you're in the market for a supplement, um, like hopefully your doctor or like someone has recommended it to you, but if you're going on your own research, uh-huh. whatever, you know, you're at the pharmacy or, you know, Walmart or whatever, like what kind of labels should you look out for to like, um, to select and which ones are ones that you would avoid? Excellent question. Um, I'm not as up to date on that aspect, but I could say I would absolutely look for something that's FDA approved. There's a lot of non FDA approved products out there. Um, and so I always question efficacy and safety. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of them probably are harmless, but you don't know what's in it. There's, you know, I know there's been fillers, there's stuff they found in, and, they, and, and you, we get recalls every once in a while of things getting pulled off the market because they found something crazy in it. And mm-hmm. so, again, I think looking, and I'm not sure, I don't even think it probably says it on the label. It probably you have to look it up online to see if it's something FDA approved. But I think that would be, you know, where to start. Yeah. Um, I also think um, a lot of supplements in general, um, you know, look at, ask yourself, you know, what is the purpose of the supplement? Are you vegan? Do you need additional nutrients that you're not, because you're not eating meat mm-hmm. um, and animal proteins um, that you need to get, you know, from an from outside source, you know, because you're not, you're not consuming it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I definitely agree with that. I, you know, I see supplements or vitamins and minerals in general, as well as like a an insurance plan like I always say food first mm-hmm. um, but yeah there's going to be people that don't consistently get get great diets in and so a lot of them are are to use almost like as an insurance um, there's all different types of sub- supplements and ergogenic aids out there with regards in the whole sports community mm-hmm. um, that I, I'm not as familiar with at this point um, I know there's a calculation I have it probably somewhere in one of the webcasts I've done that the nutrition seminars I've done in the past with regards to sports nutrition and looking at how to read the labels of like protein powders and to make mm-hmm. sure you're getting a, a proper concentration. I don't have it off the top of my head. It's not something I've educated on in years. So I <laughs> do not necessarily remember that aspect, but, um, you know, there's always, you always have to be careful because no matter what, everything is metabolized to the liver. And so therefore anything can become toxic most most more than likely the you know the stuff that's on the market is probably fine um toxic and high amounts is going to be your fat soluble vitamins vitamins a d e and k um i'm not aware nor have i seen anything that 
you know, is promoting not toxic amounts yeah. of the, you know, of, like everything's more, you know, they're according to the proper international units or whatever per- suggested the daily values. Mm-hmm. But so I apologize. I don't have more to speak no, on no. that. Just with regards That's to great. looking at, you know, FDA no. approval and just being thoughtful about it. But again, we're moving it back to, you know, what foods can you get it in? Because our body do better when we consume it through the foods we eat. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that the very first thing that you immediately said was FDA approval, because one of the things that's like big on their website and a lot of companies have gotten in trouble for in the past few years, which means they have to put it on their website now, is that it's not evaluated or approved by the FDA. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a bunch of other certifications that are, you know, following, you know, the Direct Sellers Association. That's what a lot of these people are under. They have a whole code of ethics. Oh, interesting. And also, well, the note on the cost side of things as yeah. well. You know, I guess what I've, what I've learned since I was a college student, because then I worked in a hospital okay. in long-term care, is I, I'm a big advocate for uh, prevention. Yeah. Um, and you know, our diets, I mean, sometimes it's sometimes our genetics and the environment, but like, um, play a role. But, you know, I think what we can do as a daily basis is fuel our bodies with good nutrition. And that helps in general overall with so many other comorbidities and Mm -hmm. diseases that can, you know, to prevent, um, I think prevention is key. And so, you know, the costs involved of the medical costs down the road, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. In the short term. Yeah. I guess it's better to spend, like, an expensive grocery store bill than, like, a bunch of expensive supplements, you would say. Absolutely. You're right. To looking at the balance of where it's, it's going. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Great point. Okay. Cool. Well, I was, um, I was also thinking about um, people looking for health and nutritional info, like, just between like Google and library, like, do you have any good recommendations of like resources and places? Yeah, you know what? I always will go back to, to our roots, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Okay. I'll send it away. Cool. Um, but that's really, it's always up to date. They're always updating guidelines, they're always updating research. I mean, I always send people that way, especially there's a lot of cool, fun tools on the website now. People want to put in their height and weight and look at what their calorie needs are and their protein needs and all that fun stuff. Okay. And I think um, justeatright.org, but I'll send it. I'll send you the link. Thank you. Um, But I think it's a great resource um, that's um, probably underutilized because people don't think to look at it or that, that it exists. Yeah, I didn't know it exists, but I've definitely been in, like, a grocery store, and it's like, I need some vitamin B, but I don't know, like, (laughs) how much I should get for my, you know, body size or whatever. So, could I look that up there, like, you know, just on the spot? Yeah, I feel like if you literally just Google it, you'd get a quicker answer. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's horrible to say, but that's, like, a pretty standard, like, RDAs of your B vitamins. Yeah. but, you know, you just know, general information different. if I had it like that, you know, so I don't, you know, if I didn't have access to, like, a dietitian, yeah. I'm a senior, I'm graduating, so I guess I yeah. can't call you um, after, but, yeah. you know. Well, they do have, they do house the recommend daily 
yeah, uh, the okay. RDAs of, you know, but they ha- they group it with regards to, like, yeah. infants and children and then adults, oh, like, great. based off age. So yeah. it's so, usually pretty standard for those types of nutrients, those micronutrients, especially your B vitamins. Okay. So, oh, that sounds great. Like, a, that sounds great. Okay, I guess my, I guess my last question is um, kind of, like, what, um, a lot of these websites uh, have these, and, and it's a, this is kind of like an out there question, it's just something I'm curious about, but a lot of these websites, like when they do have reported um, like papers or like evidence, um, or even if they don't and I like go on my own and like Google work on like the active ingredient, it's, it seems to be A, all preliminary, but B, a lot of these studies, like um, a lot of these studies, like even in their preliminary state, like are diabetic focused. And so I'm just curious as to why I keep finding these nutritional like supplements that are like marketed to everyone. And then the test subjects are just diabetic patients. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing diabetic research, but I'm just wondering, like, what is the what is the connection between like proving that it's you know good for you as as someone non-diabetic you know assuming that they're not advertising you know strictly yeah that's um, a good question yeah. i have not seen i mean i haven't okay. reviewed any recently but okay. um i'm not sure but that's a good um that's a good notation that you you know you're like is this is this supposed to be for the general population or is this research supposed to be supported for the diabetic population because it's different because then there's type one type two and then everybody's on you know if they're on if they're on if it's just diet therapy or oral therapy or if they're on insulin therapy yeah. i mean there's um uh you know basal bolus approach for the you know for insulin and there's also you know oral medications and some people are only on oral medications and again Type one versus type two is completely different. Yeah. So um, that's a big beast. I'm not quite sure. But if you want to send it in my way, I don't mind okay. looking into it for you. I think most of them are type two patients, which kind of makes sense because a lot of these companies are like promoting weight loss. Oh, okay. would that be a logical yeah, yeah. like? That would make sense with type two. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, because a lot of times you know obesity is related. Yeah. Um, is a factor so I guess I was wondering like in your experience like someone who's read much more like dietary nutrition science um, mm-hmm. than me like is it common for you to see like like actual nutritional evidence that you know is true like only based on diabetic patients or is like should nutritional information be you know based off of you know different you know test test groups you know what I mean yeah like is that Very a legitimate way I to would say think, yes I would think it would be inclusive and exclusive to mm-hmm. be honest I wouldn't just look at it with regards to these patients okay. but you'd have to look at who was funding the research what because if the old, only population was through um I don't know like a diabetes association then then it makes sense why the test subjects right, right. were all inclusive so yeah that's I was a good more wondering from like yeah, no, I was wondering for more like, like, as if I were a company, like, I'm a company selling like these, you know, uh-huh. weight loss, you know, pills or nutritional pills, and I claim that stuff, but then like the research that I cite is like only on diabetic populations. I was, I was just wondering, like, 
is that the norm kind of in the nutritional supplement industry to kind of like only have proof? No, no, no. But I I think you're right with regards to targeting for people for weight loss because I think people just want a fast result and people don't want to put the effort into obtaining it, which is really just learning about the world general nutrition and physical activity and incorporating it into the life, the diet, I mean the lifestyle. Uh, because really what it is, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle yeah. um, with that regard. So, uh, you know, I think what we know time and time again, and there's plenty of literature out there that supports it, is that, you know, it's it's all inclusive of, you know, what you eat and also, you know, your physical activity and, and it's a healthy balance yeah. um, and, in, and understanding that. Um, I'm sure you're going to get the one-offs that have more of an individualized approach with, um, there, there's more into... Um, Nutrigenomics, if I said it right, oh, wow. if you look into it, um, it's regards to um, genetic testing with regards to coming up with like a nutrition plan. Okay. Something I'd definitely love to take a course at some point on. I'm just not not there yet. Mm-hmm. I'd love to maybe in the next year that we'll learn more about yeah. um, just the, the, the genetic testing with regards to health um, and, I took a- and, and how to read it, you know, because I, I don't know, obviously, until I take a course and become an expert but that's not gonna happen right now because we're not doing it in my or in my my area but it's definitely something I would love to do Mm -hmm. as continuing education and just further educate myself but yeah nutrigenomics um it's it's up and coming in the world of nutrition and so it's something definitely it's interesting to to read into Mm So she had to meet with another student after that, but that was the end of our conversation. Thank you so much, Danielle, for talking with me. Uh, I learned so much. I hope anyone listening to this learned a lot, too. And I will catch you back next week with another company and some audacious health claims.